<laughs> Hello, regular Drews. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to episode number 43, um, where we will be discussing another Nancy Drew Diary, this one number four, Once Upon a Thriller. Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. I really like this one, Corey. Yeah? How did you feel about it? It was good. I was reading it and yeah. it was real quick. I mean, it as was. we were just saying, it's a little bit shorter yeah. than, than the average book. So I think that obviously that helped with it, but I was just going through it. I barely took any notes because I was like, yeah, it's yeah. It's all good. I felt like, like it was mm-hmm. a, a nice, entertaining, quick little mystery. And it felt a lot to me like um, Password to Larks Berlane. Okay. Yeah. Like it felt very, I don't know, like what's the right word to talk about it? Like kitschy, Mm -hmm. but like intrigue. It was just good. I just thought it was a nice little story. I was slightly disappointed in the ending. Yeah. Not in the culprit, but just in the way that they kind of laid it out. I felt like they could have done a little bit more. Yeah. um, With how interesting the mystery was, I felt like. And then it just kind of felt like, oh, well, that was it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) but yeah but again it was so short so it didn't feel like that much of a like felt like well it has to be kind of a simple solution because they don't have time to explain anything else so part of part of me understood that but i would have been fine with it like oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say part of me wishes that if it was just like 20 pages longer we could have gotten a little bit more of a satisfying conclusion but yeah well yeah i definitely could have uh, could have standed it for could have stood it for to be a little bit longer. Um, I yeah. mean, maybe some extra suspects or something thrown in there, but hmm. who knows? Maybe if it was longer, I would be making the opposite complaint of oh, it was just yeah. padded with fluff, and <laughs> we could have sure. removed that. But <laughs> no, it's good. I felt like they didn't capitalize enough on uh, Rick as a suspect. Yes, yes, they could have. Yeah, he was my suspect number one. Yeah, and I was a little bit surprised when it didn't turn out to be him. Um, and I was like, kind of, and when Nancy looked at the yearbook, I was like, oh, okay, it's definitely him then. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. (sighs) Oh, well, sorry. Spoiler. I mean, we're going to tell you in just a second, but (laughs) (laughs) it's not Rick. Spoiler alert. Rick didn't do it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess three words camp mm, mm, like mm-hmm. a summer camp though not like a tent camp oh i was thinking camp like <laughs> like tent camp <laughs> no like oh um, like camp camp <laughs> yes like the met gala camp um <laughs> i mean that too weirdly both live <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah i'm here um, for it absolutely it, it felt very camp to me i don't know <laughs> oh yeah i see it absolutely yeah so I like okay. that camp um, hmm. and then I guess you have to say books. Yes. 100%. Books, definitely. All about books, which love. Um, and then, hmm. Copycats? 
copycats. Ooh, yes. Okay. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all really good descriptors, I have mm-hmm. to say. Yes. Definitely not a waste of time for you to read this one, Regular Druze, especially because it'll take you no time at all. Right. So, yeah, highly recommend. <laughs> okay. Summary time? Gonna, yeah. Um, so we start off, Nancy, Bess, and George are heading to Moon Lake, ah! Corey, Moon Lake in Avondale, by the way. Mm-hmm. Is Moon Lake in Avondale in, in the OG series? I don't. I feel like no. So... I don't even remember a reference to Avondale in the original series, though, I have to say. I, I'm sure it's there. I just don't remember where it, it is. It is. I want to say, is that where, um... Well, I know, obviously, we go to Moon Lake in Secret of the Oak Clock, book one. Mm-hmm. Is that, is it Camp Avondale? Am I remembering that incorrectly from the game? Mm-hmm. Because the game has Camp, right. Avondale, Camp Avondale as a location. But, and obviously, that's a reference from the mystery stories, but I don't remember exactly what it's a reference to. I feel bad. Now I, feel like I, I should know this. look it up. Did you know Camp Avondale is a real camp? Is it really? In Lu- Clinton, Louisiana. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that that's the same one Nancy's at. I don't story. think it is either. Hold on, but I have to. Moon Lake out. is a real place too, isn't it? Yes, you're totally right. So yeah, so it's in Secret of the Old Clock, and yeah, that is Camp Avondale. So Camp, Camp Avondale, Avondale was situated on Moon Lake, right? On Moon Lake, so okay. not the other way around. But in this story, Avondale is the name of the town. Avondale is the name the of the camp. town, right? Okay, camp. Gotcha. Which I think, I think that works. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's my sole tribute to the originals. For sure. Um, So yeah, so they're heading to a cabin on Moon Lake for a relaxing weekend getaway. Um, They get there, they decide to take a quick hike, and then decide to go ahead and eat the lunch that Hannah had packed for them. But then Nancy realizes, oh, I left all the packed food at home. So instead, they decide to head into town to get some lunch there. And Nancy realizes at the same time she also left her book at home. So she also wants to make a stop at the bookstore in town as well to pick up something to read that weekend. Um, but when they make it into town, they see fire trucks and learn that the small local bookstore in Avondale, Pages Pages, which, <laughs> by the way, excellent name. Yes. <laughs> pages is the name and Pages is in like the pages of the book. So Pages Pages. Very clever. Um, had a fire. So... They obviously, sorry, they obviously stop by and, you know, try to figure out what's going on. And Nancy over here is a bystander talking about this and learns that a local mystery author named Lacey O'Brien was supposed to have a signing here today. But, and normally uh, Lacey O'Brien is like very reclusive. So this is like a once a year, very special event kind of a thing. But now obviously because of this fire, it's not going to happen. And all of her fans are like disappointed that they're not going to be able to see her. And then the firefighters come out of the building. They tell everyone that it seems like the fire just started due to some faulty wiring in the old chandelier. But then one of Lacey's fans in the crowd is like, wow, that's exactly what happened in Lacey O'Brien's latest book, Burned. Except in Lacey O'Brien's book, they find out later that it was actually arson. Ooh. Mm. 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 Already mm. an excellent mm. start. So good. <laughs> What a great way, what a great end of chapter cliffhanger. I mean, there's always I a good know. one, but this was excellent. I just love, I, this book is also very meta and mm. I 
am so into it. Yes. So into it. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so obviously Nancy's like, well, new mystery alert. Gotta <laughs> stick around to figure this one out. Um, and Bess and George go to try to find a spot for lunch while Nancy like talks to the people. Um, she learns from the firefighter that, you know, well, we don't know that it's arson, but don't worry, we'll make a full investigation. Um, and if it is arson, we'll find out and, you know, look into it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but the bookstore looks like it won't be open for another couple of weeks. It was a small fire, but it did a significant amount of damage. Um, so then Nancy goes to meet Bess and George for lunch. And on her way over here is a woman who is the owner of the Cheshire Cat Inn, um, who we later learned is named Alice Ann Marple. Marple, come mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Come on. It's too cute, too meta. I hope um, this is the same Carolyn Keene as the first two. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see that. appreciation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, Alice Ann is talking to a man who I guess works next door at a bakery named Arnold. Um, and they say that, um, or Alice says that the owner of the bookstore had it coming. Oh. <laughs> um, Yikes. So Nancy stops to ask him some questions and learns that Alice Ann does not like um, Paige, um, but won't elaborate on why. Um, also, even though she tells Nancy that she knows Lacey, the mystery author, they went to school together. They are also not friends. Um, she does almost call uh, Lacey O'Brien by a different name, it seems like, though. But she stops herself, which mm -hmm. is very interesting. and Obviously, will come into play later. Um, then at lunch with Bess and George, the waitress spots the Lacey O'Brien book that, uh, Nancy bought at the Cheshire Cat Inn gift shop, because there was a gift shop there that she stopped by. Um, and Nancy asks the waitress if Lacey O'Brien lives in town, and the waitress says, oh, no, no, she lives in a cabin out on Moon Lake. She's very reclusive, but there is, you know, this big bear statue in front of her cabin. Hmm. Okay. All right. So how convenient for us. <laughs> nice little landmarker. <laughs> so, so lucky that, you know, we're also in a cabin out on Moon Lake and we could just peruse around to try to find this cabin. Um, so they say, okay, you know what we'll do is we'll take a canoe out later and see if we can spot her. <laughs> um, and then Nancy reaches into her purse to pull out her wallet and pay for lunch, but she finds that her wallet is missing. Hmm. Um, yeah, odd. She realizes, oh, you know, maybe I left it at the Cheshire Cat Inn when I bought the books. Maybe I left it on the counter. Um, so George pays for lunch and then they head back over there to find it. Sure enough, the owner tells Nancy, yeah, you left it right here on the counter. Here you go. Um, interesting. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about this later because yes. this interests me. Yes. Um, so then the girls go some grocery shopping to pick up some food because they left all the food at Nancy's house. <laughs> um, and while in line waiting to check out, they realize that they're actually standing behind Paige of Paige's Pages, the owner of the bookstore. So she's chatting with the cashier about the fire that she just had. And the cashier asks if Paige thinks that it was arson. And Paige is like, no way. You know, who would dislike me enough to set my bookstore on fire? <laughs> she does make a joke about Alice Ann, um, though, which is... Also interesting. Clearly, these ladies do not like each other. 
even Alice Ann doesn't hate me enough to set my store on fire. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As she's walking away from the cashier, she does drop a slip of paper that says uh, the numbers 9, 1, and 14. Um, Nancy sees it and then, like, runs after Paige to return it to her. And then Paige, like, snatches it back and, like, leaves really quickly and doesn't thank Nancy or anything. It's an odd interaction that they have. Hmm. And then later, the girls take that canoe out to try to spot Lacey's cabin. And as they head out, it starts, of course, to get dark and stormy and windy. Um, Clearly, there is a, a big storm coming, even though it wasn't on the forecast. They're wearing life vests, but uh, it still is kind of like dangerous and treacherous out there. So they want to make it to shore before the storm breaks. Um, and they're closer to the opposite shore. So they decide to try to dock there and like seek shelter on the other side of the lake. Um, very convenient that they also happen to see the bear statue. Um, and then someone's standing right beside it. Is that Lacey O'Brien? We don't know. Um But the storm is picking up so much at this point. The lake is choppy and they're like trying to navigate, I guess, like these massive swells. (laughs) Although I I do wonder how treacherous could it get on a lake in a storm? It doesn't seem like it would be that bad. Right. Um, Like it would probably. Right. Like maybe it would be hard (laughs) to like paddle in, but I don't know that you're going to be in danger of like falling out of the canoe maybe getting struck by lightning but like mm. anyway (laughs) um but of course um as they're like trying to pull up to the dock i guess a large wave or swell or something knocks their canoe sideways and all the girls get dumped into the lake (laughs) goodness you want to take chapter four yes all right, so they they are wearing life jackets, so they are okay after the boat capsizes on them. And Nancy uses her, I guess, survival instincts mm-hmm. that she has to think, all right, what do you do in this situation? We need to try to dump as much water out as we can. You know what? It makes sense for us to just try to swim ashore, drag the canoe with us, and then dump the water out once we're actually on the ground. Um, they do get up to the shore, though, and it seems like the person who was kind of standing next to that bear statue watching them has just vanished which is kind of weird they are able to get everything on shore and shelter underneath a tree until the storm passes um nancy does go up to the front door of the house and knocks um try you know asking for help or at least like a towel or can you call the police for us to (laughs) help us uh but no one answers but she does think that she notices the curtains by the front Mm. door kind of moving a little bit so all right all right maybe somebody is watching us yeah (laughs) Uh, so the storm lets up and they decide that, all right, we're good now to head back across the lake. And then a police boat shows up, zooms over to them. So clearly someone did end up calling the police on us. We see two individuals in the boat who we learn are Sheriff Garrison and his nephew, Ian, who has been interning at the police station this summer, which is kind of weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. A police intern. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, I guess sheriff's intern, not police intern. Well, yeah. Either know. way, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I guess it's a small town. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but they're very nice about this to Nancy, Beth, and George. They hand them some blankets and ask them if they're okay. But do, they do inform them, like, hey, you're trespassing and you need to go. Like, this is not okay. Uh, they Jesus. Say, right. Sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, you're just in a storm. Dude, but, yeah. Our canoe just capsized. We, it's storming. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sheriff explains, like, yeah, we did get a canoe or get a canoe. We got a call that your canoe had capsized and that the people that were in the capsized boat were on private property trespassing. So um, Nancy, Bess, and George apologize, and they say, obviously, this isn't what we had intended to do, but this was kind of an emergency situation, and we just ended up on this person's property on their shore. Sheriff's like, oh, you know what? I understand. Just let you off with a warning, but, you know, if you do it again, I will have to take you back to the station that time. Um, He also says that the owner of the home, who I don't remember if he acknowledges that it's Lacey's home for sure, but he's like... The owners are very concerned about potential stalkers, so we just take this very seriously when we get a call Mm -hmm. like this. All right. Uh, So they escort the girls back to the lake, and Ian, who by this time has already developed a huge crush on Bess, obviously. (laughs) Uh, And Bess is like, oh, won't you stay for some iced tea for a minute? And he does. Uh, And Nancy's like, oh, hey, Bess, he likes you. Try and get some information from him about the fire. So we do learn um, that his uncle and the fire chief had found some kerosene at the bookstore. So, yeah, it does look like somebody had set this fire and then cut the wires on the chandelier to make it look like the accident that happens in Lacey O'Brien's book. But then Ian gets a call from his uncle and he says that he's being called away because something else has happened now. A valuable statue has been stolen. All right. Wow. Plot thickens. Uh Yes, so we learned that this is a statue called the Bride of Avondale and was stolen from a small local gallery in town. Uh, Bess gives Ian a ride home back into town, and after they leave, Nancy realizes that the name of the artist, Rick Brown, is the husband of Lacey O'Brien, our author. Um, And she remembers reading that name in the About the Author section of the book that she just bought. So now we know that the plot of her most recent book, um, Burned, is what happened at the bookstore with the chandelier fire, and now... Um, this other book that she has, um, her most recent two books are Framed and Drowned, and Framed is about an art museum heist. All right. Mm. Very, very coincidental. Um, and also, they just almost drowned in Moon Lake. So, you know, this was a bit of a stretch for me. It's like, Nancy, mm-hmm. no one forced you into that canoe. No one, like, orchestrated this situation where you got Magically called down a storm. Right. You... <laughs> You wanted to go out in the canoe, and Bess and George said, hmm, sky looks a little dark, and you said, let's yeah. do it anyway. Yeah. That's not really someone <laughs> setting you up like the plot of a book, but that's really my only complaint about the entire story, I swear. But <laughs> um, They decide, hey, let's actually sit down and read some of these books just so that we have a better idea of what might be going on here. Um, so the next morning, they do. They read some of the books, and Nancy decides to call Ned and ask, hey, will your dad, because remember, Ned is interning for his dad's newspaper, Um, Will your dad print a story about these crimes? Um, Nancy kind of wants to see if she can investigate and interview people in town about everything that's been going on um, under the guise of being a reporter for the Bugle. Ned is like, awesome. Absolutely. That sounds newsworthy. Uh, You know, if you can just write the story, I'll get my dad to publish it. Um, So Nancy promises to have an an article and an interview by the end of the next day. Um, so Nancy, Bess, and George decide to spend the whole day just relaxing and playing Scrabble. Um, and during this, I know, it's just, it's just a weird part of the book. I'm like, what? What? Why? Uh, we're, what about the mystery? I was like, what, what about the statue? I'm so confused. 
it okay, seems very uncharacteristic. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy would want to get out there immediately, but she's like, right. let's play board games first, guys. <laughs> let's wind down. <laughs> uh, but then they decide they're going to start discussing possible meanings about that slip of paper that Paige had dropped in the grocery store. Uh, because of them playing the Scrabble, she notices the numbers on the tiles and she's like, oh, you know, maybe it stands for, for letters. The numbers actually mean the numbers actually mean letters, you know, like if it's a one, it would be an A. Um, so they look at it nine, like nine, one, four or whatever, which spells out Ian. Nine, one, right. fourteen. Nine, one, fourteen. Did I say four? Yeah. yeah 14. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of weird that Ian's name is popping up. All right. Mm -hmm. Possible connection there. Sure. Uh, and George is like, mm, you know, seems kind of a stretch to me. Maybe it's just like a combination to like a safe or a lock or something like that, um, which would explain Paige's weird behavior after Nancy had like picked it up. Of course, you're like, I don't want someone to know my password or the code to my mm -hmm. safe or whatever. Um, so that kind of explains it. Um, but then, you know, they're done with their Scrabble game. And that's pretty much the end of the day. They go to bed. That night, though, Nancy is woken up by a strange rustling noise outside. Um, Bess mm. and George are both asleep in their beds, and she's like, oh, I don't know what's going on out there. I'm going to kind of go check it out. I'm going to sneak outside and check it out. Um, George also wakes up with the sounds of Nancy moving around, and they see a shadow moving around outside, and they decide to call 911 and tell them it's an intruder just in case. Um, Sheriff Garrison arrives and tells them that he's really glad that they called because this is the third time... Yeah because this is actually the third time this weekend that they've gotten a call about this, that someone on Moonlight has seen a strange figure moving around in the dark outside. Um, so they've decided they're going to get out their helicopter and like have the, the helicopter scope the area out and maybe oh scare this God. guy off or whatever. I don't know. What? I'm sorry. This is ridiculous. Okay. I just, I'm just really quick. You're telling me that this small town of Avondale, sheriff's office who has an intern, uh, one street kind of downtown situation, right. has enough money for a helicopter and can just get it out yeah. for not even an intruder, not a manhunt or anything, to just try to scare off a shadowy figure that nobody actually knows what it is. Are you serious? Right. What? Well, could have been a bear. Could have, yeah, could have been a bear. <laughs> could have been a bear. Could have been a person, but like, just maybe somebody doing a night hike or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's not like it's illegal to be outside in the dark. Right. It's kind of weird, but like. <laughs> I know Bess and George and Nancy kind of got scared, but like nothing happened to them. Nothing no happened. Near Nobody them. tried to break in. Nobody, <laughs> the doorknob didn't jiggle. No broken windows. Nothing. No, not even any spooky noises. Just somebody walking outside. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, okay. So the sheriff talks about the chopper and then he says, you know what? Here's my cell phone number. Lock your doors and windows. Turn your porch light on and, you know, just call me if you see anything else. Um, so Bess and George go to bed after this and Nancy decides that she can't sleep. It is time to do a little bit of late night research. Um, so she looks up some of Lacey's other books and discovers that she's got one, um, the plot of it, books called Shadowed, the plot of which is that the main character rents a cabin on a lake and the first day of the trip, her wallet is stolen. 
And then the rest of the week, she feels like she's being followed. And then someone tries to break into her cabin. What? All right. Very interesting. We got to talk about this later. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) This makes her wonder, maybe Alice Ann stole my wallet. Maybe, you know, maybe there is something to this. She was the one that had it after all. So very weird coincidence, if it is a coincidence. Mm Mm-hmm. The next morning, Bess and George have to go back to River Heights. Um, they don't really explain this. I guess this was no. just the planned end of the trip anyway. And mm-hmm. Nancy decides, obviously, I can't go back now, now that all this is going on. So y'all go back to River Heights. I'm going to stay in town um, and try to look into this mystery a little bit more. And obviously, I have to write my article for the Bugle anyway. She decides, I also don't understand. Oh, sorry. I, no, I also just don't understand, like, logistically how they actually did this, because they did take one car to Moon oh, yeah. Lake. They very specifically mentioned that, about, like, um, Nancy coming to, like, pick them up or, or something, or they came to pick up Nancy. Yeah, I don't remember. you're right. Um, and then Nancy has her car still in Avondale. So did Maybe she drive Bess and George back? Did they, like, how did that, yeah. Maybe somebody come, came to pick them up. Right. It just Who seems knows. like just a little weird. But anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Well, yeah. You'd think they'd have to organize those logistics if Nancy was going to go back later than planned. But mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> come on, Story. Tell us the details that are relevant <laughs> to the plot. Please. I need to know how Bess and George got home. Did they take a bus? Did they Did they fly? Did they take a cab? Did they hitchhike? I got to know. I need gotta to know. know. Yeah. Important details. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they go and Nancy decides I am not staying in this cabin alone anymore <laughs> now that they're gone. So tonight instead, I'm going to book a room at the Cheshire Cat Inn. Um, and also this will put me closer to town anyway, so I can do a little bit more investigating. Right. At this point, she decides to head over to the bookstore and see if she can talk to the owner, Paige. Um, she finds her out back putting trash in the dumpster. She explains that she's been cleaning up after the fire. Uh, Nancy introduces herself as a reporter for the Bugle and asks if she can do an interview with her. Paige agrees to this, and they arrange to meet up at the diner in like 15 minutes from now when when Paige is done. Um, So Nancy decides, hey, I'm just going to walk over to that diner now, and she is getting ready to go through a crosswalk, crossing the street, and a black car comes out of nowhere around the corner going way too fast and almost runs her down. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So um, she does manage to jump out of the way of this car in time. She does sustain a small scrape. Um, The car does not speed away. They stop uh, and a man and a woman get out of the car, run over to Nancy. They're very concerned about her. Um, The woman actually scolds the man who she calls Rick uh, for going too fast and not paying attention. Um, The police are already there. I guess they were just around because of the thefts that have been happening down, or whatever has been happening downtown. Um, so they come over and they provide some first aid to Nancy. She tries to assure everyone, I'm fine. It's okay. It's just a scrape. Um, the woman, though, does give Nancy her phone number and tells her to like, hey, it, this is, you know, my address. Call me. Contact me if you need anything. Um, you know, please. We're really sorry <laughs> about this. Um <laughs> Uh, so then Nancy goes over to the cafe and her interviews Paige about the fire. Um, Paige doesn't tell us a whole lot except that the fire must have started in the early morning. And she's hoping 
that it's not arson. Um, Nancy brings up the possibility of the crimes being modeled after Lacey O'Brien's books and asks if she could contact Lacey so that Nancy could interview her since Paige knows her and obviously was in contact with her to schedule like the, you know, signing and everything that was going to happen earlier. Um, and Paige kind of just gives Nancy a funny look and is like, uh, I mean, I could, but like, I don't need to. She gave you a phone number like five minutes ago when she and her husband almost ran you over. <laughs> oh my God. So this is, I'm sorry. I, this irritated me to no end because as soon as like the woman in the car called the man in the car, Rick, I was like, Nancy. Yeah. Obviously. Come yeah. on. She's wearing like big black sunglasses. You know who this is. Right. <laughs> but she didn't pick up on it, I guess, until Paige told her, whatever. Um, so Paige explains to Nancy that Lacey O'Brien is actually a pen name. And this woman's name is Cecilia Brown. I guess that's why Nancy didn't realize because she put Cecilia Brown on the paper with her number on it. So Nancy thought her name was Cecilia. But that's her real name. Her legal name, Lacey O'Brien, is her pen name. Um, and as Nancy gets up to leave, Nancy realizes that Alice Ann was sitting behind them, eavesdropping on their conversation the whole time. Mm. Hmm. Very interesting. More, you know, uh, I guess fodder for us thinking Alice Ann is our maybe number one suspect. Um, Nancy then decides to go ahead and head over to the Clancy Tate Gallery, which is where the statue theft was, to investigate that a little bit more. Um, and when she walks in, she finds the owner, Mr. Tate, in an argument with a woman, apparently from his insurance agency. She has told him that his coverage elapsed three days ago. And apparently no one from his insurance agency had like notified him that his policy would lapse, so... He had a theft yesterday, and now insurance is not going to cover it. <laughs> um, of course, he's very upset about this um, and angry with the woman, and the woman kind of awkwardly just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nancy then introduces herself to Mr. Tate, um, and he agrees to an interview um, because he's just so, like, if you can do anything to figure out who's responsible for this, please do. Um <laughs> So he tells her a little bit about what happened yesterday. He says he had more visitors than usual because of the Lacey O'Brien signing. Um, some of her fans know that her husband's an artist and came to see his work. Um, and he had just stepped into the back room for a minute to, I guess, look at a painting. Then he had come back out and like sold a poster to a woman from Louisiana. Um, and the next time he looked at the statue, it was gone. Um, mm. As soon as he realized it was gone, he immediately called the police, but it's too late. It was, it's gone and no one knows where it is. Um, Nancy does ask to see the guest book. Um, and she does notice a few familiar names on it from yesterday. Ian Garrison, the sheriff's nephew slash intern. Um, Arnold Edwards, who is the man in the apron that Alice Ann was talking to the other day outside of the Cheshire Cat Inn. Um, and Alice Ann herself is also hmm. on the... Um, guest book very interesting then after their interview mr tate tells nancy something that he stresses has to stay completely off the record which i don't really understand why but whatever um yeah. he says there's actually a back way out of the gallery um that the police think that must have been the exit that the thief used goes out through a back room that is currently being rented out by lacey o'brien 
and is set up to be a writer's retreat. Hmm. She and Mr. Tate are the only ones with a key to the door, apparently. So how is this possible? (laughs) Did Lacey steal her own husband's statue? Apparently, according to Mr. Tate, um, Lacey actually owns this statue. So why would she steal a statue that she owns? Is this maybe some kind of publicity stunt? Um, Or is Lacey being framed? Like in her book that she also has called Framed. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Oh my God. Interesting. Too funny. So... Nancy decides to drive to Lacey's house because Lacey gave her her address now. So it seems like she can just show up if she would like to, Um, of course, to see if she can get some answers about all these questions that she has now. Um, Once she gets there, Lacey welcomes her in very warmly this time, does not call the police. (laughs) Thank goodness. Um, uh, And she apologizes not just for nearly running her over, but also with the thing with the canoe. Um, which I thought was very decent of her yeah. to apologize for, because it was just kind of, it was just kind of a shitty thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> clearly they weren't stalking you like they were out under a tree and they weren't like messing with you or anything, and you right. decide to call the police right. after you saw their canoe capsize, like clearly, and you <laughs> see that it's storming. I understand not like opening your home to strangers or something. But, like, calling the police about people who are clearly not causing you any issues, I just think is, like, a bit whoa. much. Yeah. <laughs> but so she apologizes for that because um, she realized when, like, she nearly ran Nancy over that Nancy was the one in the canoe. Uh, and she feels bad about not helping them, but she says her and her husband have to be really careful because they have been stalked before, and they now are just kind of, like, perpetually on their guard about, Mm. you know, strangers. I guess I get that. Um, Nancy has to interview her about the crimes, and she says no. Uh, She doesn't do any publicity, absolutely not. Uh, But why would I know anything about them anyway? And Nancy tells her her theory about them being based off of her novels um, and about how it seems like she might be actually responsible for some of these crimes. Of course, she's defensive about this. Like, what are you talking about? No. Um, But she does assure Nancy that she was home the whole morning of the bookstore fire. So it couldn't be her. Um, Okay. Nancy just kind of takes this like at her word. She's like, oh, God, I felt such relief when she told me she was home all morning. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. What a lame alibi. Like, yeah, that's like the alibi of the guilty person. I was home all night, officer. Yeah. (laughs) Did not kill that person. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but Nancy accepts that. Um, and then she does bring up the possibility of her being framed. So like maybe somebody's setting you up for these. Um, Lacey tells Nancy, hey, I guess it could be my stalker who's some guy from Florida. Um, I have a, straight, a restraining order against him now. Um, but like aside from him, aside from the stalker guy, I don't know anyone who would want to frame me. Um, okay, well, all right. So Nancy then heads back to the end to write her article and send it in to Ned. Fortunately, now she hasn't really answered any of the questions that she has. She just has more questions. Um, but she tells Ned on the phone, if I can't figure this out in the next couple of days, I'm just going to hand it over to the sheriff and come back home. Okay, Nancy. Um, <laughs> she hangs up 
with Ned because someone knocks on her door. Um, she sees that someone has left a note for her. She opens it up and it says, stop pressing your luck. If you know it's good for you, you'll get out of town now. Oh, my goodness. See, I just feel like we're hitting all the good tropes, you know? Creepy shadowy figures, threatening notes, framing, stolen statues. It feels very OG Nancy Drew, I think, is the thing with this book. It feels very much like I'm reading an original mystery story. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, So Nancy takes a look at the note a little bit closer and realizes that it must have been written on a typewriter because all of the T's happen to be faded. Um, mm. So maybe if we can find a typewriter with a faulty T character, we can find the culprit. Um, so Nancy calls Ned back and says, hey, could you come up here tomorrow? I need your help. Um, so the <gasps> next morning, he's like, yeah, sure. So they go and meet at the diner the next morning and explain everything. Nancy explains to him everything that's been going on. Um, and they decide, yes, let's go hunt for this typewriter. And they agree. We will probably end up finding the culprit if we're able to find this typewriter. Um, the first place that they go to look is back at the Cheshire Cat Inn again. Um, they have the little gift shop, gift shop area there, and they go look around in the gift shop, and they even ask, like, do you have any typewriters? Um, and Alisanne is like, no, I've got some typewriter ribbon, but really, if you want a typewriter, you're going to want to um, go to this antique shop in the area. So, you know, they, they will probably have some. Um, she also asks her, hey, do you know where I can find Paige? Um, and she says, hey, actually, her apartment's right ride over the antique shop so that's pretty convenient <laughs> and they decide that they're going to go over there but first um alice ann does mention to nancy that um she's very very happy with her because her business is booming thanks to that article that she'd written um she's actually booked up for the rest of the season now uh, which is apparently unusual so <laughs> exciting stuff for alice ann. <laughs> um they're walking back to the car and they find another note Nancy on the windshield. It says, Miss Drew, you seem to have trouble following directions. Don't say I didn't warn you. Oh my god. So Nancy's pretty sure that this at least rules out Alice Ann because obviously Alice Ann couldn't have been having that conversation with Nancy while also sneaking outside to put it on her, her windshield. Um, so they decide now it's time to go investigate Paige, right? So they go over to the antique store and go knock on Paige's door but no answer. So they decide to just go ahead into the store first. Um, and they speak to the owner who says, you know, I did have a typewriter, but I actually just sold it yesterday to that famous author. All right. So they rush over there. Um, Nancy tells Ned that she took some time to rule out the stalker because she'd made some calls and confirmed that he's been in Florida pretty much this whole time. So it doesn't seem like he could have been responsible for this. Um, once they arrive at Lacey's house, they speak to both Lacey and Rick, and they explain that these notes have been, you know, left for Nancy, and that Lacey very likely has the typewriter that they were written on, so they have some explaining to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy, <laughs> Lacey looks at Nancy and is like, um, actually, no, that typewriter is at the, the writer's retreat room that I have downtown. It's just a decoration. I definitely didn't do this, but plenty of people had access to that typewriter, Maybe one of them used it to to write your notes. Um, she provides Nancy with a list of names from her writer's retreat. And after one glance at the list, Nancy knows who the culprit is. All right. <laughs> um, 
yeah, Nancy plays it off really cool, though. She hands the list back to Lacey, and it's just like, oh, you know, thanks for letting me look at your list. Um, We're going to go now. Um, And as they're leaving, Lacey's actually like, hey, you know, we're holding a, a fundraiser tonight at the art gallery, you know, since the theft and everything. It's last minute, but y'all should come. Um, so they get back in the car, and Nancy tells Ned, let's book it over to the Cheshire Cat Inn. I have to grab some things in there really quickly first. Um, so she runs in just in time to see Alisanne closing the gift shop, who Alisanne is actually also on her way to this fundraiser. And she's like, hey, I need to see a copy of your old high school yearbook. Um, and Alisanne is like, come on, I'm trying to close up. Like, you can shop later. I, I'm going to this fundraiser. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm this close to solving the case. And Alisanne is like, oh, well, in that case, why didn't you just say so? Of course, take your time, uh, you know, do whatever you need to do. So Alisanne is in full support here. Nancy starts flipping through this yearbook, though, and she finds what she's looking for. It's a picture of Rick Brown with his prom date from high school. Um, So they rush over to the art gallery for the fundraiser. Uh, This is the perfect opportunity for Nancy to try to see if she can get into that back room where the writer's retreat takes place. She heads back over there and she sees Mr. Tate's niece, um, the owner of the art gallery. His niece comes out of the room and Nancy had actually met her earlier. And she tells Nancy, uh, Nancy's like, wait, why are you in there? Like, I thought only Lacey and Mr. Tate had the key. And she's like, oh, no, no. I mean, my uncle... The security's not super tight around here. Like, I know where my <laughs> uncle keeps the spare key. Um, she just has it hidden, or he just has it hidden um, in the art gallery. And so she's like, I actually go all the time <laughs> to, like, hang out my hang out with my friends in this back room. Um, and so Nancy goes back in there and see pa- sees Paige. And she's standing in the middle of the writer's room. And she's got the stolen statue in her hand. Woo! So Nancy immediately starts like screaming freaking out sheriff 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 sheriff's at the fundraiser so he comes running in as well and you want to take the last chapter sure so Paige is caught red-handed <laughs> with the bride of avondale statue in her hands and is like i guess immediately arrested um and then see this is where i'm disappointed we yeah. flash forward like a couple weeks or whatever, we're back in River Heights um, and Nancy is talking to Bess and George and they're talking about everything that happened. Apparently we learn that Paige has always been jealous of Lacey ever since high school. She feels like Lacey gets everything she wants, including Rick. So that's what Nancy had seen in the prom photo that she was looking at. It was a picture of Rick and Paige um, who had gone to prom together, not Rick and Lacey, even though they were high school sweethearts, I guess. I don't know interesting um and then since Paige's bookstore wasn't doing well she decided to steal an idea from Lacey's book and then commit insurance fraud by causing a fire at her own store and then collecting the insurance money from the fire but once the police caught on to the fact that it was arson she decided to try and frame Lacey um, by committing more and more crimes from her books to make it look like Lacey was responsible and carrying out the crimes that she had written about. And that's, that's really it. I mean, the last chapter is like two pages. It's like, (laughs) that's the wrap up. That's the end. It was very brief. Which is why I was slightly disappointed. Like we didn't even get any investigation of like, or like any uh, explanation of like the other stuff that was happening. Like, Nancy's stolen wallet, um, like the capsizing of the 
um, canoe, the shadow, fig, shadowy figure in the woods, which I think, so they said, I, I was confused about this part. I did not understand what they meant. I couldn't tell if they were saying that it wasn't a bear or it was a bear or like yeah, the sheriff never... just thought that it was a bear, but they never really determined if it was Paige or not or who it was. Mm. Um, which, yeah, so because they were trying to say that, like, the sheriff had no idea what was going on. So it's a good thing Nancy was helping. Right. Um, so, so Sheriff Garrison was ready to arrest Lacey O'Brien for the crimes. The intruder at our cabin turned out to be a bear. That's what he said, right? Seabass, I told you he and Ian needed help. It's a good thing Nancy was there. So was it a bear? Maybe. I don't know. They try to make it seem like it's Bess at first. It was weird. Yeah. The whole scene was yeah. really weird. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, Bess is fast asleep. George wakes up and goes outside to help Nancy. And they're like on the porch and then they hear something behind them and they swing around and they see a dark shadow like burst into the room, like run into the cabin. Yeah. And they're like, no, Bess is in there. We got to go in after her. And they run in and it's just no, Bess in there. I don't think right? they ever actually leave the cabin. I think mm. they go into like the front room, like they're sleeping in the bedroom. Nancy gets up, walks into the front room with George, who is also woken up, and they thought that they left Bess asleep back in bed. But they're, like, so distracted by this figure that they don't realize that, like, Bess has, like, crept up behind them or something. Right, and And the the shadow that they see running is just Bess running back in. Right, yes. I don't know why I thought... It, I think you're right that it was the front room. I thought that they were on the front porch or something. I just confused myself. It that, might have but, been like a front yeah. porch, but yeah, yeah. Maybe like a sun area. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Not important. Not, <laughs> not important. important. <laughs> but no, well, I don't think that unexplained. they explain it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. And so that's why I'm disappointed. I feel like you could have done something really nice and cool, even if you didn't. Even if you set it up still exactly the same, like you could still have a moment where they bring up all these other weird things that happen. And Nancy could make some kind of like joke or be like, well, I guess that's what happens when you read too many mystery books or something. Like yeah. you think everything that, is you know, to it. is right. <laughs> and that could have been funny and cute and kind of a little bit more of a um, meta moment, right? Because yeah, we're reading a mystery book and, you know, like that, mm-hmm. that would be, that would be fine. That would be a fine way to do it. But instead we're just left with like, well, what, where are those things then? <laughs> like, was it Paige? Was Paige really committing that much to the bit to try to make everybody, yeah. you know, like what, like what was going on there? Or was it just coincidence? I think a lot of it was coincidence. Like the, yeah. the fact that Nancy forgot her wallet and then capsized a canoe. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone absolutely could have stolen the wallet. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no one orchestrated this canoe capsizing. It was, <laughs> yeah. it, it was rude of Lacey and Rick not to go out and help once they realized what mm-hmm. was going on with these girls and just ignored them. But that's not a crime. They can, yeah. You know, nobody yeah. like sabotaged their boat and like drilled a hole in it so it would flip or they drown. Like nothing happened. It was just mm-hmm. a complete coincidence. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But it was good, though. I liked yeah. it. I think okay. so. I I wish they would have capitalized a little bit more throughout the book on Rick. Um, yes. Because I feel like we, the whole like thing with him and Paige was like way too much of a surprise. Right. Like there wasn't any kind of like um, 
clues that it could have been about about Rick the whole time, really. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, like we didn't really see a whole lot of him or he didn't really speak that much. Mm-hmm. Um, which I kinda wish I kinda wish they had because I for a while I did think he was the culprit. Like I was thinking I like too. Yeah. you know, maybe he's trying to sabotage like maybe he's jealous of his wife's success. Or maybe mm-hmm. he's trying to, like, bring more publicity to them or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, or he's, yeah, colluding with someone else to, like, destroy his wife. But maybe that's a little bit too dark for <laughs> a Nancy Drew. I don't know. If it was, like, a Mary Higgins Clark book, it totally would have been Rick. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like they could have just added a little bit more detail. And it would have made the book a little bit longer. But that would have been fine because it's so short. So, yeah. Otherwise, though, aside from I feel like a couple missed opportunities, I feel like it was a good, solid, cute little story. You know? Love the setting. Love Mm -hmm. the, like, mystery novel starts coming to life. It's it's so good. The concept is Mm -hmm. great. Okay. Do you want to talk about Ned really quickly? Yes, yes. Okay. It's the first time we've seen Ned in this series. So. It is the first time we've seen Ned, and I feel like we don't get even a whole lot of him in this when he's, like, actually there. He's, we don't, yeah. there's no real description of him. He doesn't really do a lot of talking. Right. He is, like, he has, like, the most invisible sidekick ever. Yeah. Which I find fascinating. Um... And, and how much I like it. <laughs> um, because, first of all, I just have to say that, that Nancy invites him to come help her. Um, he op- So he, like, offers on the phone, like, let me know if you need any help or you want me to come down or something. And Nancy's like, oh, no, you know, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll wrap up here in a couple days if I can't you know, figure it out. I'll just come home. But then she yeah. gets the threatening note and she gets freaked out. So she calls Ned back and she's like, I'm actually, yeah, can you come down tomorrow? (laughs) Which I thought was so incredibly sweet. Like I thought that that was like the sweetest depiction of their relationship that I think I've ever seen. Like Nancy actually leaning on Ned for support. Mm -hmm. Um, Like like emotional support. Yeah. I, I, I've never, I don't, I can't recall a moment in a previous book where she has done that before. Um, And I think that that, it was just such a good, it's such a good moment because it lets us know that like, oh, okay, Nancy has human feelings. <laughs> you know, she's not like this crazy, like, um, uber confident, nothing bothers her, cool as a cucumber. Like she still gets freaked out a little right. bit, yeah. you know, by, and the same thing like with her um, deciding to not stay at the cabin on Moon Lake, like, not doing that alone, right? right? Bess and George have left, so I'm going to go stay in town. And then, you know, it's just, yeah. I think it just brings some humanity to Nancy. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the fact that, like, it's net. I don't know. I just found it so sweet to, like, be like, I want my boyfriend around so that I feel safe. Yeah. Like, that's nice. It that's nice. nice. And he was even like, oh, are you are you sure you're going to be okay tonight? Like, would you rather I come up tonight yes. rather than first thing in the morning? Yes. And she's like, no, I'm okay, but thank you. And, like, it's just so surreal. It's like, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and But then, but then, yeah, he doesn't speak. And I'm like, great, excellent. Be quiet. 
You've done enough. You're here. That's all we You're need from here. you. <laughs> You're the big stick that we need to wield when we need to. Otherwise, just be quiet. But I honestly think that that's the best, like, Nancy-Ned dynamic that I've seen. Like, yeah. I... Because that's real. That's all Nancy needs. That's really that's all that she needs from Ned. Is she needs someone to like give her like physical presence. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then she can do the rest. She just needs somebody there so that she can either bounce ideas off of them or be a little less um, in danger all the right. time. And then once she has that, she's good. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's like this Ned understands that in this book series. And it's just like, yeah, sure. I'm here. You know? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. We appreciate seeing that. We do. Um, yeah. Not a whiny. Um, Can't believe you don't listen to me, Nancy. You never yeah. knew me, Nancy. <laughs> no, but. And the fact that they, they only did that. Well, they send Bess and George off. They just like relegate them to become phone characters for the rest of the book, but then bring him in. Like, it's like, yeah. mm, if you're going to send Bess and George away, it has to be for a good reason. So this was okay. The way that they, they, yeah, they did like, a switch. It was the only acceptable bring mm-hmm. that in to replace Bess and George. Yeah. I will say the, um, tea being broken on the typewriter and that being like how I they know. go about it. That felt very, um, OG Nancy. Very OG Nancy. And then yes. also at the very end, there was a little joke that I made a, mo- uh, uh, a note of that, oh, this feels very OG Nancy as well. Um, because she she forgot the book at home, and that's why she had to go buy the book mm. once they got into town. Mm-hmm. And Nancy's like, oh, I've just got one more mystery to solve. And George groans, please, Nancy, say you're joking. How much more can we take? I started to laugh where do you think I put that book after all the latest Lacey <laughs> O'Brien mystery? I can't find it anywhere. Just like mm. cheeky little joke at the end. It felt cheeky very, little joke. Yeah. Even like the canoe. I feel like the fact that they get <gasps> yes. in a canoe, like at that all, feels, they touch yeah. a canoe. That feels ex- yeah. incredibly <laughs> original Nancy Drew series to me. So many Love canoes it. in the original Nancy Drew series, I think. Right? Yeah. They're, there they are. All, they're always getting in boats. Where? Hmm. I guess because of the river, the, uh, what is it? The Muskoka River. Yeah. But, like, always the boats. Even when they're not in River Heights, they're getting in boats. What is it with boats <laughs> in mystery stories? I feel like I think the about, original, well, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I was just thinking about Secret in the Old Lace. They get in a boat there. Yeah. They're, like, there's so many, there's always a boat. There's a boat in every, I swear, in, in when they're in Florida, Boats all over the place. Boats every day. Mm-hmm. Always boats. I feel like the original mystery stories all have a very, like, summer vacation, summer camp vibe. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Nancy is, you know, we're setting this in summer so we don't have to explain, does she just graduate high school? Is she going back right, to right, school? Right, right, does right. she have a job? Like, she's just in this, like, weird Yeah, time. a perpetual summer. Yeah. Yes, where she doesn't mm-hmm. have any of these obligations and she's free to go solve her mysteries and just go off to Camp Avondale with her friends and go to yeah. Moon Lake and stuff. So that kind of tracks, tracks. that we're yeah. always in a canoe. We're always off hiking. We're always making s'mores, What you know, whatever, campfire. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it feels very I do, true, yeah. true to that. I do think it's interesting, especially when you consider that fact that like once the weekend was over, Bess and George had to leave. And we don't know why. and We don't even know how they leave. We just know that right. they need to leave. And that's interesting 
like in thinking like, okay, well, I guess they have something they have to go do. And like, what is that job, school, something. Um, And Nancy doesn't. Right. And even Ned, clearly he's, you know, working because he's, you know, doing this stuff with his dad or whatever. So it's like Nancy is not. Nancy is so clearly different than all of those other characters in the books. She's clearly in a different doing a different thing. Um, Yeah. So interesting. interesting it's always in this weird mm-hmm. almost void moment of in between and nothing and we yeah. only see her in this context in boats yes <laughs> <laughs> make, take nancy out of the boat but you can't take the boats out of nancy crew <laughs> at least she wore a life vest this time yes. there's that boat safety Thankfully. water mm-hmm. safety thank you very much nancy for modeling mm-hmm. <laughs> Some some nice, uh, good choices, safe choices. Oh, what is his name that we we need to see a return of? Um, is it salty from. The... Oh, uh, yes. Oh, what was his, his name? His name was Salty, but he he, he had a, a much longer name. A much longer, incredible uh, name. Um, I, can, oh. I can get it. I have the book right here. If you want me to go look. <laughs> Well, I know it's on our Instagram, too. We put that. That was, like, one of our first ever uh, Instagram, um, oh, what do yeah. you call them? Salty, the scene, clam digger. <laughs> Something like that. Because it was Crumbling Wall, wasn't it? Yeah. Boatswin Bostwick Bumbleton, oh, a.k.a. Boatswin Salty. Bumbleton. <laughs> I never would have remembered that. Excellent. No, so, yeah. three Bs. <laughs> Salty. That's what I want from the yeah. next diaries. I want the return of Salty. Oh my he needs god, to be a recurring amazing. character. Um, so I do have one critique of this book in particular, and I don't know if this is going to be a trend throughout the series. Um, the chapter titles. I knew exact. I mean, in a in a good amount of them, I knew exactly what was going to happen in that chapter because of the chapter title the chapter title was like a spoiler for the chapter i was like that's not it's not good um so the start of chapter two is the missing wallet at the end of chapter two nancy's wallet is missing the start of chapter three is they go they decide to go canoeing and at the end of chapter three the chapter is called capsize and they capsize their canoe so i knew that was coming yeah the beginning of chapter four is no trespassing. And, you know, in that chapter, the police come because they're trespassing. Like, it's just like, okay, yeah. too, way too on the nose. Um, so I'm like, gonna, you're going to have to do a little bit better there. And I know, like, some of them, they, like, they uh, played off as, like, being, like, the titles of Nancy, of uh, Lacey's books, like, mm-hmm. burned, framed, and I thought that was good, because that's kind of vague, and you don't really know how that's going to apply. Shadowed, right. I think they did that one, too, yeah. um, or or something. Oh, stalked. I think it was stalked. Um, so, okay, but, like, don't make capsized, like, yeah. you know? I know what's going to happen. <laughs> And then their canoe's going to go over. And okay, I do probably know that that's going to happen anyway because it's a Nancy Drew book and they go out right. in a boat. Something is going to happen. They're going to get stranded or something. I know something's going to happen with this canoe. But, like, come on, you don't have to tell me. 
Bess and George have already made six references to the weather looking to the bad. Story. We know something is happening. We know. Yeah. They're going to end some kind of aquatic trouble, but... Yeah. Aquatic trouble. Oh, my gosh. No, Seriously. I'm, yeah, I've noticed that, and I make a point not to even read the book mm. titles or really even think about them that much because I tell they're like I'm like mm, it's gonna be exactly what it tells me, so I don't want to know. I'm but at least the right. title of this book was a good one. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Once upon a thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do I think it, it it speaks a little bit too much to like a a fairy tale? Yes, but I yeah. I still think like ultimately good title. Somewhat descriptive, still leaves us wondering what's going to happen. Good, good right. job. Chapter titles, though, need some work. That's my official critique. <laughs> Sign it, seal it, stamp it. Um, otherwise, okay. <laughs> oh, do we want to talk about the cover? Speaking of which, yes, sure. And again, I know we have different versions. Yes, because you have the like anniversary edition. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mine, yeah, these anniversary editions are gorgeous. Again, they all have that blue, yellow, black, white theme. um, And they're all done in kind of like this art deco frame style, which is very good. But in the the middle of mine is a picture of a book that has the title of the book written on the the, It's very meta. There's a, on the book is a picture of a book that has, and the title is on the book in the, in, in the title. In the is in the picture title. of the book on the book. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, in like a pretty script and it's like a pretty book with like a little ribbon in it. And um, it also has in like the little squares on the bottom, little uh, flames of oh, fire nice. um, for the, you know, the bookstore that. fire. So very Beautiful. cute. Very pretty. Yeah. Oh. Got yours. So yes, mine is kind of the same almost pastel color scheme that we've had mm. in the previous couple books. It's just, um, I'm assuming it's a bookstore. It looks like it's a library, just like bookshelves in the foreground. Can you hold it and closer? Then, oh yeah. Sorry. You can see Nancy's like standing on the other side of the bookshelf, looking over her shoulder, kind of past us. Um, the sun is obviously kind of beaming down on her, casting a, a shadow on mm. our book that also has the book, that's the book title's title on the book's <laughs> title. Um, and we just see that kind of in the front here, Once Upon a Thriller, on one of the nice. books on the shelves. It feels very um, like a happier version of the Secrets Can Kill game. Yes, cover. the library. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. the through looking it's through the shelves. Yeah, the eyes looking through you, but not as that is a spooky. That. that is a spooky ass uh, game cover, uh-huh. by the way. It the really Secrets is because the face. It's the face mm-hmm. that's the spooky. It's like blue. Yeah. You know, well, the, like the colors, color of it, colors, yeah. color scheme is blue, and then we have right. these like blue eyes that you don't even yeah. notice at first because mm-hmm. it's all kind of camouflaged almost. Ugh. But I love that cover. That is a beautiful cover. Um, I, honestly, all of the Nature Diary covers are, are just like aces. Yes. Yeah. And Big fan. Also, Big fan. I don't know if you noticed, but on the bookshelf we have some yellow spines up in the corner <gasps> oh there. Oh my god! Of course we do. Uh, so even more oh. meta. Yeah. A plus. Yeah. A plus design team. Way to go. Way to yeah. go. Oh. We love our yellow spines. Yeah, these books are very meta. Very yeah. meta. I'm here um, for it though. I am too. It's very cool. Especially when we spend so much time like reading all these different Nancy Drew books to get to the point where it's like Nancy Drew recognizes itself as being Nancy <laughs> Drew. It's like, hmm. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> nice. It just feels like feels like we are on the same page as the book and the book is on the same page as we are. You know what I mean? <laughs> the series has become self-aware. Yes. <laughs> it's so good though. It makes me fangirl like nobody's business. I'm like, ah, that Agatha reference and I'm referenced to Moonlight. Like, oh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it also, it's just so, like, I think that is the thing above all that I look for consistently and every book, movie, television show, every piece of media or content that I look for to determine whether or not I like it or I think it's good is if it's self-aware. Yeah. If it doesn't know what it is, I'm like, it's trash. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Like, I am perfectly okay with watching a trashy TV show so long as it knows that that's what it is. You know what I mean? It's trying to be trashy. (laughs) Like, for example, like Riverdale. Okay. Like Riverdale, 100%. Well, maybe not so much at the beginning, but especially once you start getting into the crazy, it knows that it's like a soap opera and it's doing whatever it wants. Or like Pretty Little Liars, Gossip Girl. All of those things are very self-aware and like we are this crazy, ridiculous, um, soap opera-esque show for teens. We know it, you know it, it. and we lean fully into it and commit to it. And that's what makes it good. Um, Even though, you know, the writing probably leaves something to be desired. The plots make no sense. Um, But that's not what it's about. It's about the vibes and they commit to the vibes and it's great. And, and that's where a lot of the original mystery series loses me, right? Especially yeah. towards the end and the bad, the bad ones, sorry, the bad ones, because they just don't understand. They've lost the plot of what Nancy Drew is, right? It's yeah. like, it's boring. It's the mystery isn't um, like compel like nancy isn't acting like strong or whatever she's Mm -hmm. you know weak and being carried along or whatever like in the earlier books in the original nancy drew series we get a nancy we we understand what the series is it's a serialized quick cute little mystery um that shows us nancy drew is a strong character where we, you know, experience, like, River Heights or fun mysteries in other places. But, like, ultimately, like, that's that's what it is, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> and as long as it can follow, like, the plot of those books, then great. It, it yeah. knows, it gets its formula, it gets the job done. But then later, when you lose that, you lose that self-awareness, you lose, you lose the magic of Nancy Drew, you know? And these books, they get it. Yeah. They get it, you know? Very, very in contrast to the Girl Detective series. I yes. don't feel like that series really knew what it was about at all. But this Well, I think it does. wished it was a lot more than it was. I think that's the oh, problem. Of yeah. It, it's too, it was too big for its britches. And yes. then it was trying to be like this hip, cool Nancy Drew. And it just couldn't, it couldn't mm-hmm. achieve that. Um And so it wasn't self-aware, right? But you have, like, The Files, for example, which is a very different type of Nancy Drew book. Oh, yes. Um, But but works very well because I think they understood that ultimately what they were going for was kind of a soapy, um, teen drama-y romance flavor of Nancy Drew. And they were able to pull that off. Oh, Um, did they? You know? (laughs) So, like, it works and they're good. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Oh my Love god. 
Um, okay. Thank goodness the girl detective series. I know. Is over. I know. Listen, I I feel bad because I want to like it. Like I want to like of every course. Nancy Drew thing that exists. But I just, it's just it's just bad, y'all. Girl, the girl detective series was just bad. <sighs> I only have the heart to say so many negative things about the series that gave us Deirdre, but I still have to say some negative things about it. You know, I don't think she comes back in this series, which is really a shame because I would have liked to see that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. but it really, I mean, for two separate series that do the same, like we're going to set Nancy in modern day. We're going to give her a first person perspective from the series. Mm -hmm. We're going to give her computers. So night and day and how successful each of these series were. Yeah. Yeah. And this just does it. It just mm-hmm. hits the mark. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> 100% it hits the mark. Hits the mark, keeps up, is what it is, is is excellent for modern readers, uh, you know, people who read the original Nancy Drew mystery stories and probably kids today who haven't read them, like, hits, hits on yeah. all counts. Hits on all this counts. This is a winner. Yeah, yeah, big time. Big time. So, flashlight score? Oh. After all that, I'm like, a five. But maybe like a a four. I think a four. That's where I would land, too. I would land on a four. uh, That's what I was thinking even before we started talking about it as a four. Because I think... It's cute. It's good. It it reminds me a lot of the original mystery stories, which I love. The it's yeah. very yeah. It's meta. It's self aware. Like all those things that we said, but it it misses opportunities to be better. Um, yeah. In like it's it's ending and like through some of like I think the um, relationships between the characters throughout could have been a little bit more fleshed out. Yeah. Um, and so I think they missed some opportunity to make it a little bit more compelling um, and give us a, a fuller explanation of the things that were happening throughout the book. But yeah, other than that, excellent. So four flashlights for me. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So next up for mm-hmm. episode 44, we've got... Another Nancy Drew diary for you that our lovely patrons voted on, and we will be covering. Do you want to say it, Corey? Sure. It's going to be The Red Slippers, number 11 in the series. Mm. I don't even know what this one is about, but I'm assuming dancing? It's giving Scarlet Slippers from the original oh. Street Stories, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want to say there's like a dancer on the cover of the story, yeah. if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Red Slippers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excited. We love that. We loved the Nutcracker uh, ballet mystery, oh, right? Yes, yes. Um, so interested to see, you know, that. And Corey, of course, you have a little bit of a dance background. So mm-hmm. I'm sure and you I know love these two. Oh, yeah. I know we haven't covered Scarlet Slippers on the podcast, but I remember really liking that one as a mm-hmm. child. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping, I mean, I have no reason to believe that these are <laughs> connected or like similar stories at all, but the title. Sure. Dancers with red shoes. It feels very. If the original mystery story is called the Scarlet Slipper and this one is Red Slipper, right? Come on, yeah. Come on, is it Scarlet Slipper or Scarlet Shoes? What is it? Slipper. It's Slipper. Scarlet Slipper mystery. Sorry, it's the Scarlet Slipper mystery. You're right. Yeah, I forgot the the mystery at the end of the title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So good. Exciting. Now I almost want to do like a comparison. You I have to so, like yeah. skim through that book and see if yeah. I can remember it. And yeah, 
Oh, man. Alrighty, then I guess um, we will see you all next time when we discuss number 11, Red Slipper Mystery. Yeah, join us then. See ya. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regular Nancy Drew and Twitter at regular ND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.